0: good morning good evening good afternoon welcome to catalyst conversation i'm your host kj and we're here with Brittany. how are you doing britney
1: good how are you
0: i am super excited i'm like okay so i i have a tendency to become a fanboy okay and um yeah so i first saw you at Popolo, logan and i was just feeling the vibe like Popolo. logan I'm going to probably have to do another deep dive on Papa Logan just as it was on its own episode. But that festival really just, like, sparked something in me. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know what, what happened, but I just, since that festival, like, my life has completely changed.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: That's, that's like, what music festivals are great for. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I, I was just, like, so much just, I was just, like, forget about everything and just, like, be in the moment. And... Um, your band came up, and I just fell in love, and I'm, you know, downloaded you, and now I'm on your, I'm here in your studio, <laughs> and just, I'm literally fanboy. So I'm, I'm glad that we have a mutual friend that uh, t- said that we would vibe so well, and we met like earlier this week, and we vibed so much, so and, much, and now we're here recording the pod.
1: Yeah, I know it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> what a whirlwind!
0: I know it's just like an eventful week, and I love it.
1: Yeah. It's so good.
0: There we go. So, so alright, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, so, um, I have lived in Fredericton, New Brunswick my whole life. Fun mm-hmm. fact. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people can say that. Um, you liked the fact that I was left-handed earlier. So, yeah. that's another fun you fact. You know what? I can because
0: like le- left-handed individuals are such the underdog, and <laughs> I I'm sick and tired of it. I every everyone who I know is a left-handed individual is just super smart. So well, I, yeah. I
1: hope that's true of me as well. Apparently, we see the world differently
2: Ooh. than people with
1: right people who are right-handed. So it it just gives you this alternate view on things in general,
2: because oh, um, you you're using a different that.
1: part of your brain. And so I think also the correlation between like. Creativity and left-handedness is pretty high, too. Oh. Just some
0: weird things. Also,
1: we die nine years sooner than right-handed people.
0: No, don't say that. (laughs)
1: So so it's not all great. great. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Statistically. I'm hoping to beat the odds. I hope it's not like right-handed scissors that takes all the lefties out. Who knows?
0: You know what? That is so true. (laughs) Right? So how do you... You guys
1: don't know what it's like. Oh, my
0: gosh. (laughs) Like... Yeah. Scissors everything everything
1: scissors and everything literally and then also anytime you write something people are like oh you're left-handed and it's always a conversation so yeah what else can i tell you i don't like carbonated products because they like burn my tongue okay And that's another thing that like my friends all know because we'll go out and everyone's like let's get a beer and i'm like oh it like burns my tongue
0: so no beer. beer
1: No beer, like I can handle ciders because they don't have a lot of carbonation. Okay, either. okay. But these are all the most superficial facts I can possibly tell you oh. about myself. But, Knowing that we're gonna do a deep dive, oh, we're gonna do
0: like a super deep dive. <laughs> yeah. So you spent your whole life in Fredericton. Yeah. Did you leave the city?
1: Um, like for things.
0: I mean, like to live life.
1: Um, I didn't like move anywhere. Okay. Else. Okay. Um, but I have traveled a lot. I've been really um lucky to be able to travel especially mm-hmm. when I was younger and my family would take us on trips we would drive down the east coast of the US I think we did that five times oh. and we would just stop along the way at different places and so for me it was just getting to be really normal to like drive through New York
2: mm-hmm. and stop mm-hmm.
1: by or go to Washington DC and oh, check things out or you, you know go. just and that's that's the southern states too are really okay, beautiful well. so I got that exposure I went to the UK mm-hmm. ten years ago for three weeks uh, I went to Bolivia with when I was uh, in the the church scene. It was like a missions trip type thing. Okay. Not incredibly proud of that, actually. Oh. <laughs> but I did get to see their culture, which was cool. And the people there um, made me realize how ridiculous I was for, in the best way possible. They were kind about it, but it's like, we don't need a white savior. You know what I mean? They didn't say that, but that's the terminology I've learned since. Yeah. So. So I learned a lot in Bolivia. Probably not the things that church people wanted me to learn, but yeah.
0: Okay, so,
1: er, pause. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, religion. Yes. Let's talk about that. I grew up in a very religious society. Like, re- my, my adolescent years revolved around church. Hmm. And it, in, in all regards. Yes. So how do you relate to that?
1: Um, well... Um, I guess I did the same sort of thing. I did go to public school from Mm -hmm. kindergarten to grade seven, but that was, after that I was in Christian school. So, and my, my childhood was very, um, focused on our religious community and kind of keeping us safe from like the world Mm -hmm, by mm -hmm. huddling together and, and protecting each other.
2: Okay.
1: So there was a lot of that I think it was a lot of fear that kind of kept our little community as tight as it was. Um, but uh, yeah, and then from grade 8 until 12, I went to a Christian school. And at that point in my life, it was like Christian school five days a week, um, often hanging out with church friends on Saturday and then church on Sunday. And often there was church events at night. Mm-hmm. So it was just like complete indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been really passionate person like mm-hmm. I really care about the causes that I think are important and when I was a kid and I was I, I was taught about Jesus and uh, you know the fact that everyone well not the fact but this is what they were telling me is that everyone needed to believe in Jesus and so or else they were going to you know die a ter- like and burn in hell which is mm-hmm. terrible mm-hmm. right so this as a kid I was like oh I have to like I don't know I have to tell people but also they need to know how sinful they are like not in like a you're bad sort of way but in a you need to change that you'll be okay sort Mm -hmm, of way mm -hmm. but that didn't come across very well when i was a kid it came across as like some people yeah it depends on who you ask who i grew up with but some kids would say like oh she was really righteous and other kids will say oh she was so sweet because like both of those things were true in different moments, right? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I grew up in a really unique church community. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so I, I, I was on the rebel side of the church. Mm. <laughs> Where- I joined
1: you much later in my life. <laughs> so tell, what was that like for you? Like growing up as a kid, uh, at what point did you start being like? I'm gonna rebel because i had moments
0: okay so i was like i loved going to church because like when i was yes, I, I break up my life and like so zero to five i love going to church like you know i was like the happy kid um i just loved being around people and love talking to people mm-hmm. and that just found that made me joy like i went to church and i met people and i was singing Um, I was running up and down the aisles. I was, like, eating candy from the candy lady, making her mad. Nice. I I just, my life revolved around the church. And from 5 to 10, um, I had, like, a dark, 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 dark experience with life. Mm -hmm. I was was molested as a kid. Mm -hmm. And that just made me just angry at the world and just angry at everything. For sure. So I the people around me thought that, you know, he, oh, he's being negative. Like, you know, he seems depressed. I know how to fix this.
2: Mm-hmm. Jesus. Jesus will and, fix everything.
0: And, and, yeah. And, oh, if,
1: if that only was true. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be great. Mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm.
0: And then anyway. so, like, I I just... The more people pushed me closer to it, the more I was just like, this is no. nope, nope, nope," mm-hmm. And, you know, it just developed this, this, I developed this beast in myself where I was just like, anything to do with religion is, is stupid. Mm-hmm. Like everything's stupid. Um, and then I had the, the privilege. Cause I'm learning to do that now. I'm doing, I'm learning to embrace privilege. You know, we, we, privilege is this thing now where everyone looks at it in such a negative way, but I was like, no, I had the privilege Uh, So I had the privilege to uh, study my GCSEs in Religious Studies. And I studied every religion underneath the sun. Well, not every religion, but a lot of religions. Right. And I was just like, wow. Like, why am I just limiting myself to one religion? And, uh... So I kept this to myself, but from the age of 18 to now, I had been adopting different type of um, ideologies from different religions mm-hmm. to create my own, like you know, spirituality. So that's like my 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 evolution with religion.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a really healthy evolution to mm-hmm. go
0: through.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, to kind of be open minded enough to say, you know, there are some flaws or or there are some things about the one that I was taught first mm-hmm. that either have been disproven mm-hmm. by science or disproven by the fact that you said one thing is true when another thing has shown itself to be true. Yeah. Right? And then it's like, yeah. I think that when you're able to look at this thing and not like hold on to it sentimentally and say like, this is the thing I was taught, so it has to be true. If you can like overcome the how your brain has concreted that information in Mm -hmm. i think it's one of the most incredible things that people can do for themselves because at least maybe it's true but you have to at least take the time to like just go maybe it's not true and i'm not gonna just trust whatever i was taught yeah i think it's part of becoming an adult yeah like
0: it's like a self-discovery yeah yeah
1: for sure for me it was and it got super delayed okay um delayed like I basically didn't have regular teenage years at all and I was very concerned with trying to um well there was a lot of reasons why I had a lot of pressure and um there was a lot of control over my life from my my church Mm -hmm. and my family and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of regret uh that everyone's well a lot of people have shared with me or I've heard secondhand people are like oh we were too hard on on Brittany but Um, I felt an enormous pressure to uh, do everything the most Christian possible way. We've got some sirens going. There we go.
0: (laughs) Uh, Shout out to whoever that is, whether it's an ambulance or a firefighter. We appreciate your service. We do. (laughs) My little
1: brother used to do this thing um, when he was a kid. We'd hear sirens and we'd be driving somewhere and he'd say, just out loud, he'd say, special prayer package number two. And we'd say, "What what are you talking about, Matt? And he was like... Well, I have predetermined I've like rewritten I've like I've sorry, I've written prayers down in my mind.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: every time I want to tell God what I need to say, I just say the shorthand version special prayer package number 1, 2 or 3 and then he knows and it's very efficient. <laughs> so prayer package number 2 is sirens. Going
0: oh, my, was he a kid when he did that?
1: Yeah, it was super cute. Oh my, like, so <laughs> yeah. this is why I
0: love kids. Like. I know.
1: It's like what a good idea also. Mm-hmm. Just like just like God knows, you know. It's oh, like hilarious. Yeah. Oh. It's so so cute. Oh
0: my
2: god. Anyway,
1: yeah, what was I saying? Oh yeah. I don't even know what I was saying. There's just so much I could talk about with this. Mhm. Um oh, I had a lot of pressure on me. Yeah, 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 when I was a teenager so I was um and I don't know, I had really kind of I gave it my all. I trusted my sources. Okay. And so I was living this like ultra conservative life mm-hmm. where like, oh, I just shudder at some of the things that I believed and said. Okay. <laughs> like, so, just horrible. all right, let,
0: let's, let's walk through it. Like, sure. what, what are some things that you, all right, what two things that you regret?
1: Two things that I regret. Um, mm, that's a good question. <laughs> Because it's hard. I'm, I'm, I try not to look back and be like, to condemn, but also I naturally, like we all have that voice in mm-hmm, our head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I was uh, a teenager, I wasn't allowed to date until I was 17. Okay. But like, I think I should have just done it anyway. Okay. Because my little brothers did and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have just <laughs> probably just rebelled a little bit and okay. said... This is unfair and dumb. Mm -hmm. Sorry, guys. I know you love me, but, you know, I, I let them control me. Uh, I let my church and my parents control me in a way that was probably unhealthy, to Mm -hmm. be honest, Mm -hmm. because it it is so natural for teenagers to date who they love and,
2: you
1: know, um, yeah. So I wish I had been able to do that because I ended up, um, being with this guy when I was 17 and then. We got engaged when I was nineteen because mm-hmm. marriage was also a huge thing in okay. Christianity.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and young marriage, mm-hmm. so it's like if you're dating someone, you marry them. And mm-hmm. um, anyway, our engagement ended in an incredible explosion, and it was uh, brutal. And I messed up, and okay. but I should have just i should have just never felt the i wish i hadn't have felt the pressure to marry him okay i because w- i had this gut instinct the whole time that like it wasn't a good relationship and while i loved him as a person we probably weren't a good couple okay and uh it was but i didn't i was just like no i have to i have to get married to this okay. guy you know
0: that's funny that's one of my
1: regrets i think
0: oh mine is like the opposite of that really yeah like i i would have to i would I also had the privilege Mm -hmm. of um, my first love was the love of my life. Like, I I genuinely, um, I loved him. Like, you know, he was a, a, he was the opposite of me that I really much needed. He was very much strong, very much mature among his, uh, way older than his age. Mm -hmm. Um, However, the society that I was in and the community that I surround myself in resulted in me like self sabotaging the relationship. <laughs> when in actuality I should have, you know, put my big boy pants on yes. and like, you know, just jumped into love.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: I love that. And mm. both things are are like right. Like mm-hmm. it, I shouldn't have felt pressured to be in this relationship and you shouldn't have felt pressured to end yours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All this effort that I think religions make to keep things the way they've been mm-hmm. in order to keep this feeling of order Mm -hmm. and um protection over Mm -hmm. threats and whatever yeah they think it's right Mm -hmm. you know so for you it was it was the fact that it wasn't a woman Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but if it was a woman do you think they would have
0: been okay with it i if it was like i would probably been married with three kids right now right because they
1: all would have been like go forth and And multiply multiply (laughs) literally (laughs) but because of that one fact mm-hmm. and they're they can't, they couldn't get it now i find a lot of church people are changing like our mm-hmm. generation and younger mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. they can be like conservative christians i'm this is what i'm hearing okay what i'm seeing and they're like okay with um like mm-hmm. any like anyone who's queer mm-hmm. but for us that was not the yeah. situation yeah. it wasn't even brought up to me exactly
0: as like exactly. an option mm-hmm.
1: it was like purity conferences did you do purity conferences
0: no okay. see that's that's so Bermuda never taught... It was just weird. I I, I wouldn't, like, generalize Bermuda as a whole, but my church was very much... We never had the... I don't even remember ever having the sex talk. Okay. Never.
1: So how did you... Should I ask? How did you figure it out?
0: Oh, my gosh. See, this is, like, a whole thing. This is why I believe, like, queer sex education needs to be a thing.
1: Yes. It (laughs) It, absolutely does.
0: It was horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. (laughs) I was in situations I should not have been in.
1: Right. Okay. Like,
0: oh, it was... Because you were...
1: Making your own education.
0: Oh, my gosh. And experiential learning when it comes to sex. Sucks.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that's the thing because they don't teach um, anything but straight – or they didn't teach us anything but straight sex stuff mm-hmm. in, in school or church. They didn't teach us really anything about sex at all except don't do it. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but in school, yeah, there was never like a queer angle included yeah. or like safety, yeah. like teaching, none of that. But do you think they're doing that now? I should ask someone.
0: I'm gonna like look up into it. Yeah. Because uh that's a good question. I don't know. I, I really genuinely don't know.
1: In Bermuda do they do sex education at all?
0: So like they did this thing, I remember it. Uh, it was mind crushing. Okay. Mind crushing when I figured out where I came from. I remember it to this day. I was in Miss Fields' class. Okay. And I was it was after PE. Like, all the boys went to one class, and all the girls went to one class. And we sat down to watch that stupid video about <laughs> the birds and the goddamn bees.
1: Why did they have to separate the sexes?
0: This is it. like
1: Like... Come
0: on. Literally, my whole, like, education experience was, like, when we had to have tough conversations. It was, like, all the boys go that way. All the girls go that way. <laughs> and for a closeted gay kid yeah. like myself, mm-hmm. the h- worst thing of my life. That was the longest hour of my life. I had to talk about, like, girls and football for an hour. Oh,
1: fuck. So Can so, we swear on this podcast? You just did, okay. and it's yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can also bleep it out. Oh, no, um, no, no. I guess yeah that's really that's i i was listening to this i was telling you about it the other day the christian uh gay podcast and the guy was talking about how he went to conversion therapy with mm. a bunch of other mm-hmm. gay guys mm-hmm. and he was like putting a bunch of gay guys who are like not allowed to be themselves in a room together
0: at the prime at the of... prime
1: of like he was like it was it was, like, the most intense thing. I think he was describing, like, makeout sessions, like, you know, that were happening and stuff. And I was just, like, mm. laughing because, like, what were they thinking? Exactly. What it's are just... they thinking? Uh, anyway. Yeah. I'm so glad that that's uh, starting to be banned. and cause yeah. it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Did you have to go through anything like that? Or was it just your community putting pressure on you? It was
0: the community putting pressure on me. And yeah. I, I did, like, I, I did have to go to therapy. Just, um, just... Just because of just the weight of, like, what I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And the first therapist I went to, I, I, I'm not going to – they just the, – the way they went about things, mm-hmm. I just wouldn't have went around those things. Yeah. Uh, the second therapist I went to was a gem, and she really, um, really helped me understand myself yeah. so much better. That's so. awesome.
1: Was she a Christian therapist?
0: No. No. But the first one, um, Yeah but like she was like it was a government therapist Mm. however yeah that's like a whole another topic about mental health in bermuda okay
1: (laughs) mental health man Mm -hmm. lacking in pretty much every country yeah
0: yeah it just
1: (sighs)
2: yeah yeah
0: but so like how we're jumping all over but it's it's gonna get somewhere (laughs) so all of this how has that impacted your life now? Like, how has that, how, like, how has it, how has having a religious foundation impacted your music, your work, your, your marriage, your, your relationship yeah. with your friends? Like, how, how has that?
1: Um, there's been a lot of negative things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some positive things too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a few things that I, collected you know from a christian upbringing things about like relationships um and and marriage in particular Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they they talk about marriage but really i believe it can apply to any long-term committed relationship Mm -hmm. and there's just some things that i've learned from from that um that i've thought were like really great like one of the biggest things that i think isn't as um popular outside of Christianity but it's starting to be is the fact that one person can't do, be everything for you mm-hmm. and to put that kind of pressure on them it'll crush them yeah and so I learned that from Christianity mm-hmm. but that's something that I'm hearing now from this you know non-religious um, relationship therapist that I love named okay. Esther Perel um, oh. she's kind of my go-to person right now okay but she talks about this we're looking to one person to be um, Everything what they to be what a village used to provide for us
2: Ooh. and it's it's
1: not it's uh it's not realistic, mm-hmm. so you need to figure out what is your romantic relationship with okay. someone okay. And, okay. and life partnership mm-hmm. for practical things,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then what are other things that you need? maybe certain conversations go over not necessarily go over better, but maybe it's healthier to have this type of conversation with a close friend. Mm-hmm. Then and be careful with your partner because it's sensitive for them or it's sensitive between you two or just stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So relationships was a big thing um, that I I've I've loved that one bit, but it's also really messed me up around like religion really messed me up about relationships. Yeah, I never got to um, explore Mm -hmm. anything to do it with, and I suppressed my own sexuality Mm -hmm. for. Uh, up until like I'm going to say last year okay. for real <laughs> because yeah. I just I didn't like it was this messaging I got I think from the two purity conferences um and then also the just general tone of things you know that I experienced when I was a kid that sex is beautiful between two people but it's so wrong and horrible like horrible outside of two married people
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: That by the time you get married, it's really hard to just like change the way you think about it. Mm -hmm, mm Um, so what was I saying? Man, there's this is like this is like a massive topic for me because it it was like I basically had like essentially a sexual awakening (laughs) in the past year, okay. And I didn't realize like I was suddenly sexual, (laughs) which is hilarious. I've always been like a pretty Sexual person, okay. to be honest, but I never was comfortable with showing it. I kept everything in my head, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in my relationships, and the one I've been in now for seven years. It was just like, I just felt like I couldn't be. Um, I couldn't be who I wanted to be because women are supposed to be a certain way, and I've never really fit the traditional role of women.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I have more like traditionally masculine. Uh, or tendencies or whatever energy sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes I but buy. sometimes i'm I really <laughs> sometimes i'm really feminine too but definitely not always like um so yeah man it's easy for me to lose track of my thoughts on this one because i have so much i could say yeah so the last the last year i don't really know oh what happened was in november okay of 2018 i had this like moment of enlightenment for me where I was reading this book about, like, leaving fundamental Christianity. Because I have been, like, really on my way out. The last time I went to a church um, was 2016, around the Trump election time. Okay. That was what told me that I was different from all the Christians that I was around and trying to, like, have in my life because they were like, Trump is great. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I just realized that I was – I don't – this is not where I belong. These are not my people. Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is not the way I think. And I just – instantly felt like I had to go so that was when I left um, churches um, sort of held on to some of the Christian beliefs for a while slowly letting them go over the next few years but in our couple of years but in 2018 I was reading this book about it because I was finding I was really traumatized by everything that had happened I was really angry about um, the way that I had been rejected by churches and um, how as I got my voice they would try to tell me to stop talking
2: um
1: because it didn't fit what they wanted to say or Mm -hmm. what they wanted to hear um so i guess yeah i i was reading this book and it's called leaving the fold by marlene warnell i think anyway uh she talks about how the like if you felt like you've talked to god in your head Mm -hmm. before that it's okay to accept that it may have been you talking to yourself, Mm -hmm. which may, you know, we don't know. Right. But for me, that was a huge deal because I have always had what I thought was a really close relationship with a deity Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. and
1: God, Mm -hmm. because that's all I knew. Yeah. Yeah. And I have these like, or had these like incredible conversations, but this idea that like it was actually me and i'd often go to god for comfort comfort right mm-hmm. and to like to think that it was me comforting myself all along it like it broke through something for mm-hmm. me that mm-hmm. i was holding on to this idea of like god as a protector and i need i need christian god in order for me to be okay and i just started like i felt like a thousand pounds off my shoulders yeah. and in that moment i was like I think I might actually be an atheist or something, or agnostic or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then for the next week, I was like, I think I'm an atheist. Mm-hmm. And then for the next few months, I'm like, I think I'm an atheist. And then over time, I'm like, ah, I'm agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I still have moments where I feel like I connect to something yeah. that feels very loving. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a voice anymore or yeah. anything like that, but it does feel like the source of life and yeah. it feels like love. Yeah but I have no intentions to define what that is. I feel it in really incredible moments yeah. in life where I've got like a lot of passion and things are going well mm-hmm. and I'm grateful and like mm-hmm. all these mixtures of feelings. Yeah. It happens at shows sometimes. Yeah. It happens when I'm here in the studio sometimes and I'm just like, oh, there it is. There's that connection to something. Yeah. The life source, whatever that is. Cool, yeah. thank you. And then I, that's it. You know,
0: I, I totally, I totally vibe with that because yeah. for me, it's... Like, and, and it's like not like i'm also in that process where i'm doing like the self-discovery Sweet. where like i'm not defining it like at first i call it faith but there there i know there's something and like going back to what i said earlier is like if you walk into my apartment i have like matthews 20 uh 22 verse 7 up there where you know it talks about like having faith in the mustard seed because you know yes. and because like for me When I am received with adversity, I shut down. Mm. So, like, this is something I'm working on where, you know every time where something hard comes, being like, if, you know, you got to move that mustard seed. And, you know, for those of you who, who don't know, a mustard seed is very, very tiny. It's teeny tiny. Very tiny. So small. Mm-hmm.
1: All the Christians know what a
0: mustard seed is. Exactly. I had
1: one in a necklace once. Oh. It's like, yeah. Yeah. A little Christian jewelry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, like, and, and growing up, like, everyone always said this memory verse to me. And I'm just like, I don't care why you're saying this to me. And now, like, every time I wake up, every day I go to my thing. I think it's cute. Mm. I wake up, I go check that thing. I read my uh, memory verse. Then I go in my bedroom and I meditate. Nice. And it's just like, why? Like you can, you can have all religions and Mm. um, like belief systems and like merge them together and like utilize them when you need to need it. Like I look at it as like my, um, my toolbox because you know, I, for me, my way of dealing with hurt and dealing with my pain was putting so much pressure on everyone around me and stuff like being able to deal with my own shit. Hmm,
1: interesting. Yeah. When did you get that insight? Because that's a really intense thing to realize.
0: My it relationships did. were failing.
1: Okay, <laughs> so you were like, is it them or is it me? Yeah, like, yeah. Probably a bit of both, right? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. so, like
0: I was dating. Uh, I was dating people, and they were failing. Like mm. I could not successfully have a relationship. And after a while, like that started to really eat away at me, Mm -hmm. um, to the point where it's just like, why no one loves me? No one, everyone hates me. When Uh I had to, it was my first time me stepping a stick taking a step back and like you know, why are you putting these unreal realistic reputation unrealistic. ideas on people is like right. similar to the thing where where you said about the village mm-hmm. um, so like that's what I'm working on now it's just like not one person can be my village mm-hmm. and like I'm seeing now that uh, even like the larger picture I was in love of myself like you know right. I was still holding on to to past pains from my past whether it's like through church whether through like unfortunate events that happened in my life yeah. and it's come full circle back to me where, um, different type of religions are getting me through this tough time.
1: That's amazing. Yeah,
0: because
1: there's wisdom in all of them.
0: So much. wisdom. I mean, they
1: exist because people are eager to connect to something greater. Because we all have this incredible sense that mm-hmm. we that this is amazing, and there not there must be an explanation mm-hmm. for it. And I think we're like wired for whatever reason to be inquisitive about that. Mm-hmm. So every culture has had their angle without mm-hmm. having conversations with each other a whole mm-hmm. lot about like what what that means and so we've all have different religions yeah. and what it is is it's people being spiritual or thinking outside of um I don't know not outside of science cuz i think science and spirituality are like they to me they are the same mm-hmm. and to me i i feel like this is just maybe my opinion but i think that if there's something that spirit that feels spiritual that mm-hmm. we can't explain it just means that we haven't researched it enough yet yeah. and the yeah. research will explain it mm-hmm. and that kind of circles back to this mindset that I have now about science in the natural world is mm-hmm. that it's all absolutely incredible and magical mm-hmm. we why do we need aliens like have you seen octopuses yeah. right like yeah. that whole mindset where it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there's so much there's so much to, to, explore, to explore in this world that yeah. we actually can look into why it almost feels when i look back at my own obsession with like heaven and angels mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like the demonic and spiritual stuff it's like why do i need why do i need to go outside of what's going on here to the, do i does it make me feel like for me i don't know does it make me feel like i've got some insider information or something yeah, and yeah. it gives you like this little like we know something that no one else knows mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. a powerful thing mm-hmm. and it feels really good it's like addicting mm-hmm. to be like we're on the inside track yeah which i think uh, religions like the one i grew up in in particular were like huge about really into but anyway i just took, a, took us off on a little tangent i just think it's really important that like science be respected mm-hmm. and seen as like a spiritual thing because it is and it's all incredible yeah and if it's awe inspiring great just soak that in and be like, "This is this is amazing."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't need to explain it. The fact that I can't explain it is part of what makes it so interesting.
0: Exactly. Right. I um I, I, I understand that, and then for me, like I'm all about diversity and inclusion and including everyone and yes. um being just being able to respect each other's uh, viewpoints. And I have the the privilege. <laughs> Every time I say privilege, drink. I had the privilege to be a part of a, a national fellowship. Um okay. And we had, so I, so it was a group of individuals talking. Like I was coming in speaking from like an Anglican slash like AME point of view. We had someone who was a Muslim. We had someone who was a, um, a, a Judas, Judas, not Judas. Jew, um, Jew- Jewish person? Jewish, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Judas was there?
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Incredible. Oh my gosh. Random fun fact. I want to know more about Judas.
1: What do you, What are your thoughts on Judas? He seemed like a, an yeah, interesting guy.
0: I know, like I feel like that's like a whole other to- topic. But it I is. am like I have so many questions about yeah. Judas. But um, <laughs> in, in this ca- in separate this separate ca- podcast, yeah. <laughs> who was Judas? Exactly. Uh, so like we were all sitting down, and it was uh da- it was uh, Ramadan was ha- happening. Oh sweet. And um someone asked us, she was just like, everyone's asking me about my religion. How about you do Ramadan with me? And so all of us did Ramadan and I, my mind just opened up to like, wow, I was just like, okay, this like, this makes sense. And like, I, I understand what they were doing and I, I develop understanding. And, and, like, empathy for someone's religion just by experiencing what they were going through mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the reasoning why he, uh, it, was, it was a he in this situation, and why he was doing it, and he was, like, so explaining everything, and then, and then like, I was explaining my, reli- my religion and my upbringing, and then we were just talking and just conversating about a shared path, and, like, as we were talking, literally this went for, like, four hours, and um, at the end of the conversation, we were just, like, our religion is literally the same, literally maybe some
1: different terms yeah, yeah. and like a different pathway to get mm-hmm. there
0: mm-hmm.
1: but so similar it's like maybe there's some like truth in, in it yeah. well for whatever reason as humans we've all come to very similar conclusions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's something that needs to be looked at there. yeah yeah why why do we
2: mm-hmm.
1: want like why do we do that why i don't know yeah. i think it's super cool so yeah. yes so you went and you've explored a yeah. bunch of religions yeah. and it's taught you that like there's some value mm-hmm. in all of them, mm-hmm. and you've applied what you can to yeah. your own life, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, that's really sweet. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why do you think religion is used as a weapon?
1: Hmm. Um, I just, my brain immediately goes to the United States mm-hmm. right now and what's mm-hmm. going on there. Um, I think, I, I just in the case of um, evangelicals and their connectedness to Trump Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, does that sound like the kind of thing like is that kind of what you're talking about because because what's happened with that is that people get this mindset and they buy into all of his philosophies and Mm -hmm. Christians are doing a lot of damage because they're backing him up and he's got people in essentially concentration camps now Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. just blows my mind Um, why do why do people weaponize religion yeah I think, I don't think people necessarily even realize that they're doing it. I think it just seems like it's like taught to them. If I'm going off of my own experiences, it's taught to you as like, this is the right thing to do. Also, it's like a self-protection thing. Mm-hmm. So I think in the case of the U.S. and what's going on there is that people have made the, they've done the separation of like, I don't know. Us versus them mm-hmm. on both sides, mm-hmm. right? But I think religious people, based on what I was like, feel like they are oppressed, especially Christians, mm-hmm. like that they that they've been um, that they're a victim, mm-hmm. and that they have to fight for the ultimate good, which is God, what God says, which is what the Bible says, which is. In my opinion up to interpretation yeah so that's why there's so many different opinions of it but the same thing happens with Muslims Mm -hmm. right there's lots of Muslims who wouldn't hurt a fly there's some Muslims who would Mm -hmm. right it's the same as as Christians Mm -hmm. there's extremes in all Mm -hmm. groups of humans Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but I don't know I I think I don't know maybe that's like the kindest way to put it is that people are like fighting for what they believe to be right Mm -hmm. because it's like the ultimate right and therefore it must be the best thing for people
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know because otherwise i don't know pride
0: pride and and, and that's pride, maybe and, and and that's what i'm trying because my background is like public policy and i like to call myself a politics a political scientist that's cool and um so i spend like a lot of my time looking at society as a whole mm-hmm. and trying to like I wouldn't say fix issues, but like trying to come up with solutions, mm-hmm. which is kind of the same thing. But I'm just like trying to be polite, like politically correct. With it.
1: <laughs> Cause you're a political scientist.
0: <laughs> and um, I like that, <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I'm trying to get my head around the be- Cause I, I, I do think the concept of religion is beautiful. Like I've seen mm-hmm. it, literally work miracles on people.
2: Yeah.
0: Like I've, I really have seen it benefit and empower and, and move nations. Yeah. However, it's this underbelly that I also have seen that mm. has resulted in so much hurt, so much exclusion, and yeah. so much pain. Yeah. And and like maybe because it hits so close to me because I, I literally spent 18 years of my life like in so much pain mm-hmm. based on a religion that... Now, like I know I will be constantly working on this for the rest of my life yeah. to try to heal from something that is also so beautiful.
1: Yeah, I relate to that yeah. deeply. Yeah.
0: And it's just like, because like I have conversations with people who are um, who are very much within the institution of religion because like I'm also separating the institution versus religion. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm religious, but I would not say I am religiously in the institution. Yeah.
1: Organized religion. Organized religion. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that that's the thing now that I'm trying to figure, figure out when I conversate with individuals who are deeply within the institution being like, you see the hurt that people are doing like you you see around the world of how how things have been happening like you see the history like we're literally repeating everything over and over and over again and why like what's so powerful about the institution organized religion that causes so much hate and that that maybe this will be a little maybe this is too deep but like this is something that keeps me up at night
1: Okay, say it again because I, I think I think about this too. I just want to make sure I understand. Yeah.
0: So basically, for those for like the, the institution, mm-hmm. they, they don't say that's bad, this bad. Well, sometimes they, sometime they, they right. do, <laughs> like sometimes they do. But the individuals who are heavily um, within the institution, are the ones who are spitting out the hate the most. Mm. That's really having negative ramifications in society. Yes. So why do you think that happens, if that makes sense?
1: I think there's so many factors. I think um, fear is the biggest one that I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And laziness is another one. Because when you put yourself under an organized religion, Mm -hmm. you don't have to think for yourself if you don't want to. Because there's always a leader who you can ask and say, what do you think of this and that? And the leader will happily give you their opinion Mm -hmm. because that's what they do. And you can go, okay, that's what is right because God put them in that position. So there you go. Mm -hmm. And I trust God, so just trust your leaders. And I've seen this Mm -hmm. personally. And I just didn't do that. That's why I'm not in it anymore. That's mm-hmm. why I eventually got out. I, I left. <laughs> I shouldn't mm-hmm. say got out. It's not like it was in prison. But um, yeah, I think laziness is a huge aspect. Okay. Because I was someone, and still am, a person who's very curious about everything. And it takes an effort to be curious. I am. I do have that like drive in me to discover and research mm-hmm. to death something mm-hmm. that I care about. But... Um, It is easier, Mm -hmm. especially if you grew up in it, to not have to think about it and just stay in it because it's your community and it's safe Mm -hmm. and you don't have to think for yourself. You don't have to think about deep things even if you don't want to. Um, and also, I find in organized religion, a lot of the small talk is really superficial. I mean, small talk is superficial by nature right yeah, but yeah. but you'd imagine that a group of people gathering for spiritual spiritual reasons are able to talk about things that are a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, some churches or you know spiritual communities that I was a part of throughout my time in religion was um they were like that, but um, other ones were not at all. so I think there's like there's a laziness for okay. sure. Because there's, there's – I've seen it that a church community that I was a part of had the opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. And I saw this from the outside because I'm still friends with people that are a part of it. And they – some of them chose to grow because they saw that things weren't working the way that they were. Um, and other ones didn't like – they, like they literally tried to pay no attention to the revolution that was happening within mm-hmm. their teeny tiny church. Mm-hmm. And they won – because they just like sat, they just kind of like sat down and stayed there and were like, we're not gonna change. And the other ones were like, um, we need to change because like the kids are leaving, people are getting hurt deeply, like everyone's marriages are like really unhealthy because we've taught them all these terrible things. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so what happened was all those people left hmm. and they're, they're left with this core group of people who are choosing not to grow. Yeah. And there's a few of them that want to grow still. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, anyway, sorry if I'm talking about this for too long. No. Okay. I'm just no. like, I'm just, I'm, it bothers me when people are lazy about this stuff. Because even though I am not Christian anymore,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I still think humans need to evolve. I'm yeah. like really kind of obsessive about yeah. growth. Yeah. Almost to a fault. Yeah. Like sometimes I just need to take a chill pill yeah. and relax. But, But when I see people choosing not to evolve, it's like oh no why are you what what yeah. it's just you're you get growing you're dying right mm-hmm. and, and this anyway. is
0: this is why um this is why i started the podcast is because i was i, I had the privilege of uh working <laughs> <laughs> i had the i had the opportunity to work with the provincial government and i had the opportunity to just tour the province and hear different stories that people were saying around the whole province and they were all saying the same thing and they, it would be like yeah i want change i want this i want this i want this however uh it will never happen right or just like oh this part won't happen here and like i'm here like no like uh like prime example uh for those of you who don't know if you live in a rural community why getting uh, wi-fi and getting like a Good, good quality internet was hard. Yes. it's basically hard to get.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: And I was speaking to someone on the North Shore, and they were mm. like, oh, like, "You know, it'll be nice to have it, but like, yeah. it'll never happen because right. I live in a rural community." And I know someone who's in uh, Grand Falls, not Grand Falls, uh, N who's mm-hmm. st- trying to start a start a, a trying to like you know start something around providing internet like quality internet for yes. someone, uh, for people in rural communities, and it, and it was all about connecting and and like changing that mindset and just like yes we're living in a system however we have the power to power to change this system so um yeah i um I, I know this is this is this is going on longer however i have a question for you sure how about we we pause here and then you could come back next week and we could talk about your music
1: yeah sure okay there's lots of stuff i could say about that okay like you want to record another podcast about that Mm -hmm. let's do it
0: okay well thank you everyone for coming uh as always peace and love